Welcome to Wisconsin DNR's Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Information straight from the source. Welcome back to another episode of Wild Wisconsin Off the Record. I'm your host, DNR's Digital Media Coordinator, Katie Grant. Imagine it's a warm summer day. You're sitting on the edge of the lake relaxing, maybe reading a book. You look up long enough to notice an eagle soaring across the sky, and it seems everyone around you is also staring in awe. There's something about seeing an eagle that just makes everything stop. Bald eagles in Wisconsin and across the country used to be rarely seen and were on the verge of extinction, but they've made a comeback here in Wisconsin and nests can now be found in 71 of our 72 counties. In just the last year, their numbers in the southeastern part of the state have grown by 27%. We asked our followers on Instagram what they wanted to know about this captivating bird, and you guys sure came through with the questions. We sat down with Rich Stafen, a zoologist and conservation biologist working with our natural heritage inventory to learn a bit more about these raptors. So sit back and listen in. So I am a zoologist and conservation biologist for the DNR in the Natural Heritage Conservation Program. Formerly, we were the Endangered Resources Program. So I work within a um, section of the Natural Heritage Inventory. So as the name implies, we do a lot of inventory or surveys throughout the state. And I focus largely on vertebrate species. So birds and raptors, um, reptiles and amphibians, and uh, mammals, largely small mammals, and doing surveys um, or inventory around the state on public lands um, to help identify where some of our rare species are located, their distribution throughout the state, um, how they're doing, and then identify some really important or significant areas um, for rare species on um, state lands, um, okay. state forests, state natural areas, state parks. Okay. So all this information gets built up into the Natural Heritage Inventory database, which I help uh, add records to. Okay. And that's the like the central location for rare species and high quality natural community data that helps um, researchers and managers and um, is the resource for environmental review to minimize impacts on rare species throughout the state. Okay, so you spend a lot of time outdoors then. Yeah, I get to spend, (laughs) luckily, probably about maybe a quarter of my time, maybe a little bit more, out in the field um, doing surveys and monitoring um, rare species. And then also, like I mentioned, um, doing some um, adding information to this rare species database, so mapping and GIS. Okay. And entering data, tabular data for the database as well. All right. What, I know you work with a lot of different things. What is your favorite thing to get out there and look for? Yeah, that's, people ask me that. That's a (laughs) tricky question. I mean, I think I've started with birds and and raptors. um, So that still holds a special place for me, for sure. But I'm doing a lot more work with um, Reptiles in particular, so snakes. I do a fair amount of work with um, some of our rattlesnake species primarily. We have a state endangered rattlesnake, the eastern Massasauga rattlesnake, um, and then some other um, uncommon or rare snakes, and do some turtle work. So I enjoy that 
a lot. And then I've um, started to get into some small mammal work um, for state properties. And it's always kind of exciting because it's kind of a new uh, realm for me to learn more about small mammals and see some of those Something guys a little for the different. first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of yeah. fun. So you mentioned working with raptors. Um, and obviously we have you here today to talk about birds and eagles yep. in particular. <laughs> what What first got you interested in eagles and raptors and that whole world? Yeah, I think um, from the bird perspective, I, when I was in getting my degree in wildlife biology, I spent a summer working in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and that was my first um, kind of initiation to bird work. So I spent okay. the summer um, chasing birds down there and um, watching how they nest and how productive they are and, and nesting down there for a PhD student at the time. And then um, once I got my uh, position here with the Wisconsin DNR and focusing in the natural heritage inventory um, air realm, I kind of, um, a lot of the work that we do again is for rare species. So we have several um, rare or uncommon raptor species that I um, got to work with, um, including the red-shouldered hawk, bald eagles, northern goshawk, so forest raptors, peregrine falcon. Um, so several uncommon raptors. So I kind of got my feet wet working with some of those um, rare raptor species. And then um, at the time, bald eagles were um, still federally listed until 2007. So we were um, tracking how they were doing, of course, and doing the, the um, aerial surveys that we still do to this uh, day, which have, is one of the longest uh, running eagle surveys in the country. Here in um, Wisconsin? Yeah, it's over very 30 cool. years um, that's been going on. So it's been going on for a very long time. Um, and we got some great information and have kind of been able to monitor how the population has recovered. Yeah. So, um, and then kind of got on board with that, mostly through the data side of it, um, keeping track of um, the records of bald eagles for our rare species database. And then in the last uh, three or five years, kind of getting um, to do some of the eagle flights as well, eagle and osprey flights in southwestern Wisconsin. So Very it's cool. been really fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. While we're kind of on the topic, why don't you tell me a little bit about surveys? How do they work? What are you looking for? Um, how do you actually do it? Yeah, yeah, good question. So we, um, so it's been a long-running survey, like I said, and it's we do it um, via airplane surveys. Okay. So we're flying these nests. So um, we catch a, one of our DNR pilots, meet them at the airport. They take us up, and we come up with a route um, throughout our part of the state. So I work in southwestern Wisconsin. So we know where the nests that we want to look at are at initially. So we come up with a route of which might, makes the most sense for um, how we should fly it. Mm -hmm. And then once we approach a nest, we start to look, we have a GPS in the in the plane, and we're, we kind of know that we're getting closer and closer. And then we can start looking for the nest. We usually do them pretty much before the leaves come out on the trees. Okay, so in like early spring? Yeah, so usually like March or April, we'll do our flights. This is, okay. These are the activity flights, the first one that we do to see if the nest is active again for that season. And then, yeah, as we're approaching the nest, if it's in a deciduous tree, we can probably see them um, from like a half mile away. Okay. Um, and we start to 
get closer and closer and we try to see if the eagles are on the nest usually that time of year they'll be incubating eggs so we'll fly over probably within a couple hundred feet of the nest and they'll just sit there hunker down watch us as we fly over it doesn't really impact them at all and we can tell then if the nest is active if they're incubating or we look for other signs to know if there might be eggs in the nest that we could see if they're not sitting on them or if they're sitting nearby the birds the adults we know that it's probably active or we can tell kind of by the way the nest looks as well if it looks like it's been um, refurbished or um, updated for the for that nesting season Um, and if it's active or not or if sometimes the nest is gone and we got to try and find where they move to for that season and oh, okay. see if there's a new nest nearby. So sometimes they will come back to the same nest again. Other times they'll build a new one? Um, pretty much they typically will reuse the same nest year after year. Okay. Um, we call it refer- – they'll refurbish it. So they'll add to it each year, kind of refresh the nest. So they'll add um, new sticks to it, some new nest lining, um, usually about – sticks probably about a foot almost a foot worth of new sticks like each year deep um yeah okay yeah so add on on top of so it the, the height I the guess. height okay yeah, yeah yeah would be maybe about an inch or a foot or two added each okay. year yeah so they can get the nests can get really large yeah when they continually use them year after year and they can last unless they get blown out of the tree or fall the tree falls down or something the nests can last for 10, 15, 20 or more years. Okay. So they can get very large. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How big around are they? So they usually, when they start out, they're usually about four to five feet in diameter. Okay. So across and usually about three or four feet deep from top to bottom. Okay. And then, yeah, like I said, they, uh, they'll add on to that nest every yeah. year so they can get very large. Yeah, if you can see them from that far away, I, I would assume that yeah. they're pretty large. Yeah, the tricky part is a lot of the ne- a lot of the nests um, end up being in conifers, like um, large pine trees. Okay. And those ones are kind of well hidden, so when you're doing the surveys, they're a little bit more tricky, harder to find, to, to see. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Where you mentioned the types of trees. Where geographically kind of are are we typically finding these nests? Are they in the middle of forests? Are they near the water? Where where would they be? Yeah, so they are they're found now pretty much statewide. Eagle eagles are nesting in seventy one of our seventy two counties in the state, so they're pretty much you can find one anywhere in Wisconsin. Right. And Milwaukee is the one where we don't have Milwaukee any is the last county okay. to have a known eagle nest. Okay. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, they're typically near some kind of a water body, so a river or a stream um, or a lake uh, or a pond. And they're usually pretty much really close to the water's edge. Okay. So I fly surveys along the Wisconsin River, which is a really good spot for eagles. And almost inevitably, they're pretty much right on the edge of the, edge of the river um, in a large cottonwood or a large tree right at the edge of the water. And that's where we find them throughout the state, usually pretty close to those water edges. But we do find them, I mean, we're finding them now in cornfields and ag fields or along just a fence row, a narrow line of trees in the middle of an ag field. Usually there's some kind of a water body somewhat close by. So those are less frequent for sure, but they are showing up 
in some of those a little bit more isolated spots. How many eggs are normally found in a nest? Each year, yeah, they'll, they'll, uh, they pretty much will nest every year. They only will have one brood. So okay. um, if the initial nesting attempt fails, they will not re-nest again okay. that year. But they'll typically lay two to three eggs. Okay. On uh, Two is the average number of eggs that they usually lay. And they can have, so they'll have two or three young in the nest. Typically, though, um, it's very uncommon that they would fledge three young. Usually it would be more like two or even more commonly Just only one. one will survive to fledging the nest. Yeah. Okay. Do, I know with some birds, you know, the male is really involved or the female is really involved. How is it with, with eagles? Yeah. So um, both um, both adults, the male and female, will help with um, building the nest, bringing okay. sticks to the nest. Um, and then actually both um, adults will uh, incubate eggs. Typically okay. it's more the female. Uh, she spends much more time incubating the eggs and the, the uh, male will go off doing more of the hunting and bringing food back to the nest. But they do um, both take turns incubating eggs um, and incubating young as well um, throughout the nesting cycle. Okay. And one question I, I hadn't really thought about but was asked uh, via Instagram is, how can you tell the difference between a male and a female bald eagle? Actually, it, you really can't tell the difference. There's okay. no um, uh, distinguishing characteristics between the male and the female of bald eagles. You can identify them um, to age. Okay. So they're typically, they don't reach their typical adult plumage until they're five years of age. So they have various um, plumages um, through the ages of one through four, and you can identify them um, based on that. Okay. So if a one-year-old versus a three-year-old or a four-year-old, and then at age five is when they get their typical adult plumage with the white head and the white tail and um, black body. I would say probably the most iconic, if you will, image of an eagle is a, it soaring over the water and kind of diving in to get a fish. Yeah. Obviously, they eat fish, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is that all that they eat, or are they do they eat a lot of different things? And how does that work in the winter when yeah. maybe their the nearest water body is frozen over? Yeah. Um, so in the summertime, fish makes up a large portion of their diet for sure, but. Um, and looking at photos and from people that have climbed nests, um, you'll find all kinds of different critters in there, remains of critters. So certainly fish, various species of fish. We will find turtle shells. We see um, carcasses of raccoons, muskrats um, make up a portion of their diet for sure. And then waterfowl too, some coots and other okay. um, smaller ducks as well, usually injured or diseased ones or something like that yeah. they would also prey upon. And then in the winter time, um, certainly they seek out open water areas. So that's why they congregate near dams and on um, rivers that remain open, um, like the the uh, Wisconsin River near Prairie de Sac Dam is a notorious or very um, famous place to see eagles in the wintertime because the, the dam churns up the water, churns up fish, and it also keeps the river um, open in that stretch. So a lot of eagles overwinter there okay. in addition to um, the protected bluffs um, in the lower Wisconsin Riverway. Um, that provide really good protected um, roosting 
locations um, to escape some of the cold and harsh um, conditions in the wintertime. So they'll eat fish um, on those open water conditions, but they also will, you'll find them out in ag fields eating um, some of the remains um, that farmers put out. And then also they spend a lot of time finding deer carcasses that might get hit by um, the deer that get hit by cars or get shot in the hunting season and are never found um, or die of other um, causes. Eagles will survive on um, scavenging carcasses like that. You mentioned overwintering. Do most bald eagles stay here year-round? Do they migrate? Um, If they do migrate, where do they go? Yeah, so in southern Wisconsin, a lot of our eagles here will stick around because the conditions are still um, suitable enough where they can find food, um, especially when there's a mild winter like this, when there's a lot of open water Mm -hmm. and they can access fish um, throughout the wintertime. Um, some of the birds to our to our north, where the um, conditions are a little bit colder, snowier, icier, those birds will will move south, migrate, but they're short distance migrants, so they'll only go as far as they need to go, okay. and they'll just go down um, to southern Wisconsin or just south of of Wisconsin um, into um, a little bit more favorable weather conditions. So they don't go a long ways. Um, they'll just go as far as they need to. And so we'll have some of our resident birds stick around, but then we also in southern Wisconsin get birds from the north, northern Wisconsin, the UP, Canada as well that'll come down here and take advantage of our little milder conditions. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned obviously near dams. Um, what are what are some good places to look for eagles? Yeah, so some of these large river systems um, with dams, locks and dams, like along the Mississippi River is ideal because it keeps some of the waters open near those um, dams. Um, the lower Wisconsin, like you said, Prairie de Sac, um, Sock Prairie area, the dam there um, is a really good place. And there's going to be some eagle watching events um, focused on some of these um, phenomena where the um, eagles tend to congregate yeah. in the wintertime. So there's one coming up in Sock Prairie um, later this month. Um, let me see the dates is actually, for the one in Sock Prairie is January 17th and 18th. All right. And then there's one um, along the Fox River. There's dams along there that stay open. That one's the following weekend, so January 25th through the 26th. And then there's several along the Mississippi River. The first one is uh, late February, February 28th and 29th in Prairie du Chien. That's Bald Eagle Appreciation Days. Um, There's one in Ferryville in early March. And then there's other opportunities up and down the Mississippi River, um, including in Alma, where you can get out and um, see eagles, um, eagle, eagle viewing. What is your most memorable eagle experience? Um... I would, I would say my first eagle flight was probably my most memorable. I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, I was out with um, our former um, eagle biologist. He was in the front. I was in the back. I wasn't sure how my stomach was going to take <laughs> um, flying. Um, so, yeah, it was just pretty spectacular to be up in the air and um, spotting these eagles that way. And then I, I, I just, like, I think about... Um, f- flying along the course of some of these rivers, um, some of the smaller 
rivers where there's eagles nesting in the driftless area in southwestern Wisconsin, where you're in this plane flying low and just um, kind of maneuvering along the river. It's just kind of felt surreal and kind of like a, almost like a video game. Yeah. So it's kind of neat to, yeah, just be up there and, and see the eagles that way. Beyond being a national symbol, what makes bald eagles so unique? Yeah, I mean, I think people, I'm always amazed at how um, into bald eagles, bald eagle watching, seeing bald eagles, um, people really are. And I think it's because, um, one, because they're so large and they're easily um, seen Mm -hmm. and they're um, really easily to identify. So people can get frustrated with trying to identify other hawks or raptors or small, yeah, yeah, small birds, but eagles are... Um, large and um, really distinct in their plumage, and people can pretty easily identify them. So I think that goes a long way in people's interest in eagles, for sure. Um, yeah. Do you have any bald eagle fun facts at all? Yeah, I do have a few. I was hoping you would. <laughs> so um, one of the cool things about them is their eyesight. So you've probably heard of eagle eye Um, So they actually do have amazing um, sight. So they can see probably four times as well as a a human could see. So if an eagle was sitting, they could see like a running um, rabbit three miles away. So pretty far away. Wow. Um, So like a person could never obviously see one that far away. So they have amazing eyesight, as you might suspect, which helps them in capturing prey. Yeah. Um, they can also carry, um, a a remarkable amount of, of weight. So they, so they usually typically weigh between 10 to 14 pounds themselves and they can carry something up to a third or half of their body weight. So if they're carrying a stick, they could carry a pretty large stick, um, to build, help build their nest, or they could carry a pretty large fish, um, back to the nest. Um, so that's pretty cool that they could carry something almost yeah. as large as they are. Yeah, I guess if you're building a, a nest that's four feet wide, if all you have is like little tiny two-inch sticks, that's going to take a lot of work and a yeah. lot of sticks to get that far. Yep. Yeah, and that reminds me too that um, we talked a little bit about how large the nests are, but um, we didn't mention, you've probably heard what we thought were wives' tales about how large they actually are, how much they weigh. So they actually can weigh a ton, like 2,000 pounds or more. So as they add um, layers on each year, they can get up to a ton or even well over a ton in weight. So um, being able to carry a stick that's um, a couple pounds actually comes in handy because they need a large nest to be able to support that weight um, of them being in the nest and young as well. So... So you guys also told us on Instagram that you wanted to know more about eagle habitat and how you can help support these conservation efforts. So we gave Carly Lapin a call to learn a bit more. Um, I work for Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources Bureau of Natural Heritage Conservation. Um, I work as a regional ecologist based in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, which is in the north central part of the state. Um, And I manage a number of state natural areas. Um, as well as monitor and research non-game, rare, threatened, and endangered species. Very cool. What 
first got you interested in this line of work? Um, I think I realized um, when I was in my late teens that I wanted to have a job that got me outdoors instead of in sitting inside all the time. And uh, that's really where it started. And just a passion for conservation and, and trying to take care of our natural heritage uh, led me to pursue conservation biology and, and into this line of work. Very cool. So we're here today to talk about eagles specifically. Um, why don't we just dive right into that? So everyone kind of knows that uh, bald eagles were kind of disappearing. How bad was it really like at the lowest point? Um, well, eagles were threatened um, by a specific pesticide, DDT, uh, which bioaccumulated or you know increased in quantity as it moved up the food chain. Um, and thus, because eagles are an apex predator, they were uh, disproportionately affected, and it causes thinning of eggshells um, for for all raptor species, not just for eagles. But uh, basically, the the eggs could no longer support the weight of adults when they were incubating, and caused nest failures. Uh, and so, when by the time we had figured out what was causing these uh, declines in population. Uh, the eagle numbers were down to under 500 pairs uh, in the lower 48 states. Wow. And that was in the early 60s. All right. How Do we have a feel for how few were left in Wisconsin around that time? Uh, we started monitoring bald eagles in the 1970s in Wisconsin, and our, our lowest record uh, was 108 pairs. Okay. And how many do we estimate we have here today? Um, in 2019, here in Wisconsin, our annual bald eagle nest survey documented 1,684 occupied nests. So that's um, 1,684 pairs. Um, but there are many more than that in the state on an annual basis if you include juveniles and subadults, as well as adult eagles that either don't have a pair or don't have a nesting territory. Wow. So they've really, really made a comeback here. Yeah, they have increased a lot in Wisconsin. And do we expect that number to keep going, or are we nearing a point where it's probably going to level off, or where are we kind of with that? Uh, well, we've thought for a number of years now that the numbers would start to level off, but they have continued to increase, um, and we are expecting them to yeah level off now at this point. Okay. How long does a bald eagle tend to live in the wild? Um, bald eagles can live up to 30 years in the wilds. There have been individuals that have lived longer, um, and they can live longer in captivity, but 30 is, is uh, kind of the, the consensus for uh, a long-lived, long-lived eagle. All right. And so obviously as an apex predator, it's pretty high in the food chain. What is the biggest cause of death for them? Um, in Wisconsin, uh, our, our natural resource professionals kind of agree that vehicle mortality is the leading cause of eagle death in Wisconsin, and this is uh, related to uh, roadkill consumption. So uh, they, they in Wisconsin, are they scavenge quite a bit, and we see them on deer carcasses frequently. And because they need a lot of space to get off the ground to fly, they tend to fly over the roadway and um, can easily be hit by cars. That makes sense. A lot of what you do here for us is actually working to repair eagle habitat at our state natural areas. What is kind of the ideal habitat for a bald eagle? Um, bald eagles are really reliant on their nesting habitat for reproduction, and that consists of large, we call them super canopy trees, so trees that stick above 
the tree canopy or, or, or are taller, um, and those in proximity to water are important uh, for nesting eagles. What can we do, for example, in on those public lands to improve that habitat for them? Um, it's I would say not so much of an improvement of habitat as just maintaining the habitat that's available um, and making sure that we're retaining our, our large legacy trees, we call them, or super canopy trees, um, and especially protecting any known nests uh, that, that we've documented. Beyond kind of keeping an eye on those big trees and, um, you know, kind of leaving the nests alone, if you will, is there anything that residents can do to improve their property to attract nesting eagles? Um, again, we like to retra- retain the trees that they like to use for nesting. Um, to, to keep their options open and have that habitat be available. Um, it's really important for eagles to avoid disturbing them during the nesting season. Uh, so this is important if you are going to be harvesting trees to not be harvesting trees near a nest during the nesting season. So typically that's late winter through August, July or August. Um, and they can be you know, very sensitive to disturbance, some pairs more so than others. Um, but if they are disturbed too much, they can actually abandon their nest um, for the year. So um, one important thing that I hear about or, you know, um, a lot is fireworks during 4th of July can be very disruptive to eagles. And usually in July, the, the fledglings are large enough that that they, you know, will maybe try to fly out of the nest but aren't able to fly yet. And so they can be injured uh, if they're frightened by fireworks. We have eagles throughout most of the state, right? Are are there areas, uh, areas in terms of parts of the state where we have a lot more of them versus fewer in other parts? Yes. Um, we have the fewest number of nesting eagles in the southeast part of the state, and this is, I think, largely related to, to higher human population densities and less available habitat in that part of the state. Uh, Milwaukee County is our only county currently where we don't have any documented eagle nests. Um, Contrary to that, we have our highest densities of eagles nesting in Oneida and Vilas County, which also happens to be our highest lake density in the state. So that those lakes with forest around them are, are the prime habitat for eagles, and that's where we see our highest numbers as well. Perfect. That was kind of where I was getting at was going to be, you know, you would think Milwaukee County, you have the lake right there. You would think that there would be a good likelihood of finding one there, but I guess it makes sense that the the human population density there would be a good reason for it to not be high in that area. Yeah, and we actually, too, our Great Lakes are not necessarily prime habitat for eagles. Um, they tend to do better on our smaller lakes. Okay. Um, so for whatever reason, um, we do have nests along Lake Superior as well, and those eagles don't tend to do as well as our inland eagles. It could be weather-related or, or potentially they just don't, there's too much area to cover to get food, um, so fish resources may not be as readily available um, on the big lakes. That makes sense. How can Wisconsinites get involved in supporting these conservation efforts in the state? Um, so in Supporting bald eagles in particular, uh, Wisconsinites can get involved by reporting eagle nests. Uh, we do have a way to do this. Um, in, in recent years, our citizen scientists have found a number of new nests for our records. Um, so that's one way. Uh, there's also an Adopt an Eagle Nest program, 
where you can make a contribution to the Eagle program, and in return, uh, you get to uh, adopt an Eagle Nest. Uh, we send you a picture of an Eagle Nest and the location, and so that's a way to support it as well. Um, more broadly, uh, to support the Endangered Resources Program or Nat Natural Heritage Program, you can donate money to the Endangered Resources Fund uh, either directly or through a tax checkoff on your income taxes, uh, and also through the Eagle License Plate Program. Uh, so we do have two license plates that are program uh, issues that support the work that we do. Uh, one of them is the Wolf Plate, and one our new one is the Eagle Plate. Um, and you can find out more about that on the DNR website by searching Eagle Plate. Perfect. What are the big takeaways from this conservation success story, and how can we apply those to other conservation work that we're doing here at the DNR, or maybe even that, for example, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is doing at the higher level, or maybe even smaller groups are doing on the local level? Sure. Um, so, I mean, eagles are one of the big success stories in the history of conservation in our country. Um, and I think for me, the big takeaways are that um, the threat to eagles was largely one specific cause to the use of DDT. And once we had identified that, it was pretty easy to reverse the impacts by removing the use of that uh, contaminant in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, I mean, that's an important takeaway because in my experience, most of our at-risk species are not threatened by one specific identifiable thing. It's often many different factors uh, and they can be hard to identify and parse out and in many cases even harder to address. Um, so I think, you know, identifying the things that are easy to change and that are uh, easy to identify is important um, and addressing you know, kind of the lower hanging fruit in many of these cases uh, is an important takeaway uh, from this experience. Can't get enough eagle facts and want even more? Visit dnr.wi.gov and search Bald Eagle for Wisconsin-specific facts, eagle watching events, and details about the Endangered Resources Fund, eagle license plates, and more. Have a question you'd like to hear answered by one of our experts on a future episode? Email us, dnrpodcast at wisconsin.gov. Thanks for listening.